Corpses, all you boils and ghouls and corpses crew, to another episode of the Creepy Podcast Show. That's what I'm going to start calling us, the okay. Creepy Podcast Show. We're ditching habeas corpses. Just kidding. Um, I was like, habeas corpses is a well-crafted, clever name. It is. You remember, I'm not going to go to be the Creepy Creepersons. <clears throat> Do you remember what created that name? Yeah. We are watching... Um, Making a Murderer. Yeah, season, season two. two. <laughs> and they were talking about uh, habeas corpses. Corpus. Or corpus. And, and I you was said like, habeas corpses. And then we were just like, we rolled with it. That was before we even really had a podcast planned. No, I mean, we kind we, of had one planned. We were, we were talking, talking about, about doing it. it. Like, and we're, we're like, like that would be a good fun. name. And then we tried, to, then we built the podcast around the name. Oh, yeah. And then we ditched the podcast idea and kept the name. Yep. Because originally our podcast, if you go listen to the first couple episodes, like three or four, it was basically we um, de, um, deconstructed a horror movie and went through all the criminal aspects of it. And then Lacey played the uh, defense lawyer for the murderers. And our first one is the... Uh, Thomas Hewitt and the Hewitt family from mm-hmm. the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And then we went with, um, I think the Hills Have Eyes was one of them. I think so. But we quickly ditched that idea because we realized that... We were going to run out of shit to do <laughs> Yeah, real it was like quick. every defense was the same thing. Insanity plea, insanity plea, insanity plea. <laughs> Blame it on someone else. Was that... I think we did go with kind of self-defense on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre because they the kids... Um, technically trespassed on its property. I can't remember. I'd have to go back and listen. I think we did that and like mental, uh, some mental thing yeah. or something. Um, but yeah, uh, this has been a very interesting uh, past little while. I think our last episode, what did we talk about on our last episode? That was the... Um, the uh, bear movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the bear movie. That's how... how uh, great this film was. It was uh, Body at Brighton Rock. Yes. <laughs> was that before or after we had to go take Gizmo to get all his teeth ripped out? That was before, I think. It was <clears throat> the day before because you didn't have to drive in the snow. Yeah. And I, or not the snow, but it was like post snowstorm. Post Malone. And I was like all bummed that I had to drive in it and then you got to take Gizmo to the vet. Did you know Post Malone lives here? Yeah, but I don't care about him and his stupid sunflower song. If I hear that song one more time on the radio, I might actually gouge my eyes out. I haven't heard it. <sighs> Be thankful. <laughs> um, I don't even know why I brought up Post Malone, but yeah. I don't so, know either. <laughs> um, it's been uh, a rough little go this past couple weeks. We had to get all of... T- uh, not all, but most of Gizmo's teeth removed. That's one of our doggos. 
And, all the um, teeth that stayed um, are just like shaved down to the gums. And they're basically <laughs> holding his jaw together is what, <laughs> what the vet said. So I'm not going to remove him because his jaw might fall off. I was like, well, that's a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> Thanks. I'm glad I don't have a jawless I dog. Hope, I hope they don't fall out because he's going to be like sitting here one day and his fucking jaw is just going to fall off. Cool. Moving I on. Guess that technically could happen. <laughs> Now I'm gonna have nightmares about that. Oh, and then um, everyone's exposed to COVID probably every day, but um, it, at least in Utah at the rate we're um, <laughs> currently setting record highs. Like today, I think it was like 4,500 or something. I have the exact number right in front of me. And then you said 17 deaths. It was 4,588 positive COVID-19 cases and 17 deaths. That's just insane. Um, if you're not wearing a mask around me, I'm actually going to tell you to go fuck yourself from now on. So. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that should be allowed, you mm-hmm. know. Um, I'm actually going to make a Everyone mask. should start verbally, verbally assaulting. Embroider it and say, go fuck yourself. I'm going to do that. That's my next project. Your next project? Yeah. And truthfully, um, you know, I wish people would start looking at every one of these lives as, or every one of these numbers as an actual human being. Yeah. Um, when September 11th happened, and I'm not trying to discount that tragedy, mm-hmm. but everyone came together and they're like, they took, it was like 1,800 lives or somewhere around there, right? What, I it, will what was it? Look check, it up. Because I don't remember. It was, it was a lot of people. It was many, many people. And we, we literally jumped into the, you know, jumped into action as a country, came together. It wasn't politicized. The left and the right were like, let's let's get on this. You know, this is something we need to um, retaliate this, against. Um, this article says more than 2,000 deaths, but then the CNN, um, it says... That's fake news. I know people don't always like CNN, but Wikipedia also says it. Um, this other article is off by one number. It says there's one number less than CNN. So I'm going to go with this one. 2,977 people were killed um, terrible, on 9 Terrible tragedy. And everything that's unrolled out since 9-11 with um, first responders who uh, have died from complications due to cancer, from working around the, in that rubble and things yeah. of that nature. And it seems like everyone treated <clears throat> that as a, you know, a tragedy, a national tragedy. And we... Um, looked at everybody, every individual's life and everything, but we're not doing that with Corona. We're doing it very analytical. Which and, is really and shitty statistical. because we've had roughly 253,000 deaths from yeah, COVID in the United States. Literally a quarter of a million people in the United States have died, and mm-hmm. I believe it's like 1.3 million in the world. Yeah, I um, don't know. I've, you know, and it's like, just take it serious, people. I mean, it's something that is. Blowing off right now, we have Thanksgiving right around the corner in which people, the GOP in Utah, cried, cried, cried. So Governor Gary Herbert um, did not uh, do anything but some recommendations about how you need to, uh, you know, be responsible around your family. But basically, just, dude, it's okay. And you know what I realized? I hate when people are like, well, I love when, what am I trying to say? Like, when people talk about sacrifice, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, they gave, they sacrificed. They like talk about the troops. They sacrificed so much. And um, they talk about like um, heroes of our past, about mm-hmm. their sacrifice. And I'm like, yes. And now is your turn to sacrifice something. Yeah. You little 
wimps. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not comparing the sacrifice that uh, members of our services do, but basically you guys need to do a little bit of sacrifice for your country. You need to step up and be a hero for your country. Mm -hmm. You, you put them all put heroes rightfully so on this, you know, Mm -hmm. like altar and Hey, look, those are our heroes. Well, you, everyone can be a hero right now and do the smallest sacrifice and stop being a baby about it. Stop being a little bitch and stay home. <laughs> stop getting together yeah. and wear your mask or go fuck yourself. Because it's it's go running. Go jump off a cliff if you won't wear a mask. Yeah, it's running. <laughs> it's crazy. And we had a situation that hit real close to home. Today, we had to go get tested for COVID-19. I never thought I'd have to get tested. I was I thought like the pretty, precautions. I was like, we're, ne- we're never going to do it. <laughs> right? I was like, the precautions we take, we're never going to have to get tested. But... Um, I won't divulge any personal information about uh, the individual or even the circumstances, but let's just say we um, were in a a room with an individual for quite some time who two days later got sick and then two days later tested positive for coronavirus and let us know. Mm -hmm. And the amount of time that we had spent with that individual in, in said enclosed space where we were wearing masks... And they were wearing a mask. Thankfully, our uh, COVID tests came out negative today. Yes. We went and got the rapid tests. Mm -hmm. So we knew within about an hour, I'd say 30 minutes, 30, 45 minutes. Marcus knew about three minutes before me that his was negative, and that was (laughs) nerve-wracking. And Lacey's, like, freaking out. Like, that was kind of funny because it's like, I got mine. And you're like, I didn't get mine. Ah." Um, But that being said, you know, we're still not... Out of the woods. No, they and say even after you receive your test results back, you should quarantine for a full 14 day, like the full 14 days. Um, and because you could still like, yeah, you have virus in you. Definitely. That, that hasn't built up appear. to a detectable level. Um, you could still become symptomatic. It's only been seven days. Yeah. Um, and there. Yeah. There's the two types of tests. Um, I think what we took was called the PCR test, which looks for proteins that the virus um, produces. Mm -hmm. And the other one actually looks for RNA that the virus produces. So that test is a little bit more accurate than this one. Yeah. But, but we're, we probably don't have it. No, because we haven't been symptomatic. We're very diligent about wearing our masks. We got tested. Um, And it's been seven days since that exposure. Yeah, and they say that generally between five and seven days is when your symptoms start to appear. They can appear after two days. And by by day seven, you should almost certainly have enough virus in you to get tested. Be detectable. I was, they even think by day five. But by day seven, that's pretty good, a good substantial amount of time. Yeah, they won't let, they wouldn't even let us test if it wasn't seven days from that exposure. Yeah. Um, in fact, you had to fill out the date of exposure and the date of, of which you wanted to get tested. Mm-hmm. It had to be a week. Yeah. So. So there was that story. And I can tell you my experience versus your experience. So let's, what did you feel like at first? So Like we, hearing the information? Well, so we both got that text message. on. We, we both knew this person um, on Sunday was... Uh, Saying they were sick. I didn't know that. Everybody um, had more information than I did. <laughs> and so that was okay. It was like, all right. I didn't you know, know until You Tuesday. can get sick from many things. 
But then on Wednesday, we got that text message. Yeah. And it was like, oh, crap. Well, and then I knew they were going to test, got the text message from them saying that they had tested, and which was good. I'm glad they uh, notified us. You should notify anyone that you've been around um, in close contact with if yes. you do. Because contact tracing isn't happening right now, I don't no, believe. No, we were not notified by the health department that we were a direct positive exposure. Well, and it's only been two days, but... They're so backlogged that I will probably see that we'll hear in, in, like in a month. five you're, years. Um, just so you know, you're um, near somebody. Yeah, it'll be like, uh, we know. So you have to do almost your own contact tracing. It's kind of your responsibility to let yeah. people know. Um, because I think the health department just doesn't have the manpower. Which is really shitty because somebody that I was speaking to that also tested positive a couple weeks ago, they were told... By somebody else do not tell these people the health department will contact them and you are not allowed to tell them and after our experience i don't feel like those people were ever contacted yeah well whoever whoever and that is saying that to that person i would have told them to screw off i can tell whoever i want if i'm a if if i am a positive person like mm -hmm. that's my result my i can share my i can divulge my health records with anybody mm -hmm. they're mine yeah they're not yours i feel very strongly that that they were told that because then the people that they exposed would have had to also self-quarantine and that would have caused people to be out of work so well i think that's going along uh, around a lot in a bunch of different companies. I think that that's in many, <clears throat> many, many companies. Yeah, whatever company you're referring to with this story, I've heard that from other people as well. Yeah. People trying to say, you know, don't, don't, uh, you know, it's okay. It's it's going around because it does take your manpower down. Mm -hmm. Man, woman, whatever you want to call it, workforce power down. Yeah. But, you know, that's just part of the... Uh, life we're living right now and it's and it's just gotta happen yeah i know that it's happening all over the place and i'm not saying where that that happened i'm gonna keep that information to myself but um yeah that's like i don't know there's no like throughout the whole country there's no transparency like it's really shitty like and shady it's shitty and shady <laughs> Between, uh, well, it depends on the company. Some companies are excellent with it. Yeah. I think some companies are doing an awesome job. I, but I don't think, I think there's an others, in between. Yeah. It's either you're, you're doing awesome at it or you're, or you might you're as well only not even be doing, doing the minimum and trying to hide everything else. Yeah. Because you're like, my workforce. Like um, these meat packing plants and stuff, mm -hmm. they've been in a lot of trouble. Um, there's rumors and things here and there, but a lot of their workforce has gone down. So they've tried to mitigate things that i've read online mm -hmm. now whether that's true or not is neither here or there that's just what i've heard um it could be pure speculation and stuff but i know um in these articles a lot of the employees were saying like things like they're tested positive and they were being told to come back in and one thing that was actually um like reported i think i seen this on abc or an NBS, what is the ABC news affiliate? N 
NSNBC. Yeah, there you go. Um, Lester Holt. Yeah, exactly. Up in uh, <laughs> North Dakota, they're mm-hmm. so short on medical staff that if you produce a positive yeah. COVID test, you can come in and work still as long as you're not symptomatic, which is crazy to me because the research, I literally did a bunch of research while sitting, because we isolated ourselves in our home just in case one of us did end up with a positive uh, and test the and the didn't. other one didn't. Um, I was reading that you're most, sim- or you're most contagious between 12 and 48 hours. So that's before you even, you know, show symptoms. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. Um, it's just, it's, it's insane. And I can see why our numbers are skyrocketing. Um, one thing is people are going through the, uh, oh, what do you call it? Um, um, they're like Corona burnout. Like they're sick of it. Oh yeah. And they're done with it. And I keep hearing it's been nine months now or however long. Okay. It so is now, but it's fuck like, those people. Cause here's my opinion. If everybody would have fucking got their shit together nine months ago, we wouldn't actually be in this position. Yeah. I really, I do kind think of. that Maybe. I think that if, and I guess not fuck those people, but fuck some people because. <laughs> what is it, Lacey? Is it fuck those people or some people? I don't know. People? I'm angry Wait. at everyone all the time because I'm like, no, I, I just feel like it seems like most people aren't very responsible. <laughs> that was the most silliest thing I've ever heard you say. Fuck those people. Well, maybe not those people, but some people. <laughs> Fuck some people, man, because if you if everybody was cautious and responsible right off the bat and then remained cautious and responsible, we could have some safer, smaller gatherings. Like Oh, I You know what I mean? Like <clears throat> I'm not I, I saying agree. we would have eradicated it in the United States. No, you would have never gotten rid of this virus until a vaccine came but along. But if people could have been more responsible right away and stayed responsible, I don't think we'd be in the position of 4,500 cases a day in Utah. No, I think... I think and having... Right away, oh, well... So... I was, like, <laughs> uber responsible right away. Like, as soon as I seen cases in Utah, there were, like... I think it was, like, day five or six you or, and I like, immediately seven... immediately started wearing masks. Yes. And I had people making fun of me and like, mm-hmm. I was wearing an N95 mask and they were like, not that I went out and hoarded them. I actually already had some at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but people were like, you know, that doesn't do anything. I was like, yes, it does. And they're like, no, the CDC said, said it doesn't. And I was like, you know what? They do lie. I'm not, I'm not about it. Like saying that the government doesn't lie. They lie, dude. And Masks they had to lie do... for a reason. Fuck those guys. They should have never lied. I don't well, care. I they also... should have said you you need to wear <clears throat> you need to not go out and buy this, but it does like I get Here's it. Here's what would have made more sense. <laughs> don't go buy the N95s because we need those for our medical workers, but you can wear a cloth face covering and that will protect that wasn't, you. Yeah, that w- well that wasn't studied at that time. But, but they definitely knew Even if they N95s. didn't fucking know, they I know, but they they also shoot themselves in the foot with it because they they knowingly sent Americans down a path of doubt because they said yeah, masks so, don't work. They don't do anything. They should have said masks work, but we are using federal powers or something to just grab up all the masks for the medical workers because I get it. They needed mm-hmm. them. 
They, we should have never let ourselves get into this position with the PPE in the no, first place. Definitely and not. And that's that's not necessarily Trump's administration's downfall. It was both. It was. It was. It was both. Trump and Obama. Yeah, like you, it was. I think they share a fifty-fifty. I agree. Um, but who knows? I don't know what the national stockpile looked like under uh, Bush or anybody. I think. That's where people, we put so much money into military spending and almost a fraction of that goes into uh, preparing for a pandemic. Yeah, well, exactly. (laughs) But you know what I mean? So we need to make this a learning experience and be like, stockpiles are very important. Uh, PPE, medications, things of that nature. Um, what were so we were? I mean, so you were saying that um, everyone's the, on COVID the burnout, burnout. Yeah, the burnout. Um, so yeah, talk about that for a second because I also have some. I I agree with the COVID burnout for sure. I I am in total COVID burnout as well as anyone else. I want people to come over to my house. I want guests on our podcast. I want to. Go enjoy things that, like the movies. I want to go to a fucking bar and watch karaoke. I don't exactly. even need to drink at the bar sometimes. The girl just wants to watch shitty karaoke, okay? But, but every <laughs> every time I think about the COVID burnout, I think, okay, every death that's reported on that news screen is someone's loved one. Mm-hmm. That person no longer has a future on this planet. Mm-hmm. We all still do. They don't. So... Fuck you. We need to get this stuff under control. COVID burnout or not, we need to put our, you know, our hard hats on, whatever, and get to work on getting this under control. I was actually just talking, well, actually two different people, but one today about COVID burnout. And they were like, yeah, I get lonely and this shit sucks. And I was like, me too. And I was like, that's why after the vaccine is out and most people have had the vaccine, we should have a big party. And I was talking about, that's what you and I, when you came home and I was like, this is the party we're talking Mm. about. And I was like, we should have, it should be called the everything we've all missed out on party. (laughs) And it could be Halloween and everybody's birthday and Thanksgiving and other shit too. Cinco de Mayo. Here, Here, this is what I say. We collectively, as a world, <laughs> repeat 2020 all over again. We just say, nope, no one aged a year. Okay. <laughs> like, your birth certificate is null and void. We, <laughs> everyone sailed <laughs> back. And we just say, you know what? That was just so bad that we just repeat this year over again. The only people that's going to suck for it are the people that are 20 and they're just waiting to be 21. They're like, what do you mean? Although it's not even year. fun turning 21 because... I guess it is for some people. Well, this would have sucked if it was my twenty-first birthday. Oh, this year. exactly, a hundred percent. But I'm just saying, if if they had to wait another year, yeah. Um, but yeah, you can't bring back all the people that are um, dying from this. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. I think about people out there that are literally losing their loved ones to this virus, and you can't. Some of these people um, that aren't even dying but are recovering, they are going through a hell of a time. Those long haulers. Mm-hmm. That it's just like, oh my God. And the way that you pass away with this virus ain't cool. No. You ain't holding no one's hand doing it. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, see ya. And I get that um, most people aren't going to pass away from it. But those people that are, that's like purgatory, man. That's, it's terrible. So slow it down. I was actually reading an article about a guy in 
um, Mexico. He was a nurse and his sister died from it. And as soon as he got on a ventilator, he just knew. And they didn't even tell him, you know, but he knew. And he actually died that night because um, he just took a turn for the worst. But um, he made a goodbye video because he was like, yep, I, I just know that I'm going to die. He made a goodbye. How do you make a goodbye video on a ventilator? It was the weirdest. Like, it wasn't like a regular he ventilator. He was talking. Yeah, he was. It was like a really weird fucking ventilator thing. It was like hmm. a, it was almost more like an oxygen mask. Like, but this is in another well, country. Like, well, I don't he wasn't know. In a, intubated then, but no, he, he wasn't could, intubated. But well, it was like a they they you referred be on to a ventilator him without as being on a ventilator. Yeah. So well, yeah, you totally can because yeah. I think I'm not a scientist or a doctor, but I think a ventilator just refers to any machine that has positive pressure and forces air into your lungs. I think so. And so it's he, when you're intubated on a ventilator, and I didn't even. Totally breathing for you. I didn't even watch the video because he was young, and I was like, "Nope, I'm not gonna watch." But there are, I read the article, and that was enough. There are plenty of young people. And it that was are dying literally from this. the day I read that, and that night is when we were told, "Hey, you were exposed," and I was like, "Fuck you." <laughs> oh, so your experience of of learning about it. Oh, um, like what did you go through? So everybody else seemed to know that this person was like at homesick. I didn't know until like way after everybody else. Like I found out like a day later and I was like, oh, that sucks. But I wasn't super worried. Like, I don't know. It didn't. Well, cause the way they made us, the way they told me they are sick, they were just like, you know, I don't feel sick. Yeah. Like COVID sick. I just feel like I have a little cold, but I'm still staying home, which I'm super grateful for. Oh, absolutely. If they... you, from now on, if you even have a cold, call, I, I told you, what, two days ago, I vow that even if I think I've got a cold, I will take two days off minimum from now on. Yeah. And that goes for when even COVID's gone because no, colds I'm ta- yeah, and flu and things can really life. get people. Because a cold That's to me. That's what sick days are there for. Yeah. A cold to me might not be a cold to somebody else. So from now on for the rest of my life, even if it's a fucking cold and I'm just a little sneezy with a runny nose, I'm staying home. Yeah. I mean, you think about it, any cold you've ever had and you've been out in society just doing your thing. Yeah. No, I'm not going to. How many gonna... people have you killed by I doing that? Know. I don't want to know. <laughs> So, yeah, um, but then when we got the text, like, I know that you were like, oh, I don't know how exposed you were, and I was like, I was exposed, maybe not quite as much as you, but more than enough that I didn't feel comfortable going in, going into work uh, and being around people. That didn't feel responsible, because mm-hmm. it was like, part of being responsible and cautious is also not being selfish, like, is, is what I feel. So we are responsible and cautious for ourselves constantly. That's why we wear the masks. That's why we clean everything, because we're being cautious for ourselves. But then it also comes down to, okay, I know that I got a positive exposure, and okay, I'm most likely going to be fine because I was wearing my mask. I was actually wearing two masks. But it is irresponsible to still go to work without knowing for sure. Yeah. It's irresponsible to go do anything Without knowing for sure. And so I was very upset because like as much as I'm always like, man, I don't want to go to work tomorrow. I was like, well, I sure fucking rather be at work than in quarantine. (laughs) Yeah, quarantine's not fun. It sucked yesterday. And I didn't even feel like doing anything all day yesterday because I was like stressed out. So all I did was sit in my pajamas and watch Netflix. (laughs) 
<laughs> like I felt so gross at the end of the day. I was like, I don't feel good because I've done nothing productive all day. Like, And even, even though we've got our, um, positive or our negative I was tests. like, we got our what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Even though we got tested and negative, we're still, we are not quarantining from each other again, but we are still quarantining in our home. And because we're not, you tests know, aren't always, uh, we're not 100%. doing Thanksgiving. Um, so here's here's something that I I read that really... Ir- okay, so two things. I liked one of them. I read something a couple weeks ago where somebody was like, I know that it's a pandemic or, you know, I don't know the exact verbiage, but it was basically like, but we all have those family members that this could be their last Thanksgiving, so don't let COVID hold you back from getting together with your family. And it was like it could be their last Thanksgiving or maybe they'll have several more and you bring COVID and now it's their last Thanksgiving because you brought like, you know what I mean? Like I would phrase it this way. Yeah, you're right. It could be their last Thanksgiving or it could be or, yours. Or you know what? It is their last Thanksgiving, but now you just made last Christmas their last Christmas. Exactly. Exactly. And so then I saw another thing a couple days ago that was like, Zoom's giving is better than ICU Christmas. And I totally agree. And we were going to be responsible. We were going to try our best to social distance outside. We were going to do an outside Thanksgiving, different tables, six feet apart, masks if we had to be any closer. Um, And, like, I think we felt kind of good about that. But after this week, it was like, nope, no Thanksgiving. Yeah, it just honed it in for me more like, even though there's only going to be two people here and we are doing it outside and we were social distance, I still, it's like, it's not worth it. Yeah. It. So it was like. St- eating fucking stupid turkey and being thankful. I, you know. I'd rather be thankful next year indoors yeah. than not be able, you know. So, um, and we're still making it work. Like we're going to, like, we're still going to have Thanksgiving here ourselves. We're going to take some Thanksgiving over to your dad. Like we're still. But every holiday is different this year. And so that's like why with that other, with our friend I was talking to today about having a big old party, it was like, yeah, we're all missing out this year and it all fucking sucks, but we can really celebrate and have fun if we are responsible. So if everybody could just fucking be responsible and stop being selfish, like I get so mad when I see people are having big parties. And the other thing I was talking about with this person is like, I understand having a bubble. Like you can't just not see people ever because you'll go crazy. So you do have to have small bubbles, but it needs to be really small, well, okay, let really that, cautious. Let that be a learning experience to everybody right now, though, in how inhumane uh, isolation is in prisons. Doing I could not agree more. I don't <laughs> you know think I mean? we should have solitary confinement. <laughs> like, I do not you think. You guys are all bawling about, you know, not having anyone to talk to and being away I'm from... Bored. What do you think that does? And granted, they're criminals, but what do you think that does to the human psyche and the brain? And these people are probably going to come out into society one day. It time. actually makes people more violent. So, so that's studies. what we're doing. We're, that's why everyone's so violent right now. So, I, I know it's hard. I know that everything is shitty all the time right now, or at least it's how it feels. But let's not keep making it shittier. I think there's a lot of positivity that can come out of... Um, just just staying home yeah practicing something getting good at something being uh self-enlightening you know things there's but people are lazy and they would rather just go out and drink with their buds and have family get-togethers and Mm -hmm. just all these things that people are doing and 
we're beating this one with the dead. What beating a dead horse? Is that what it's? Yeah, said? we're beating the dead horse. <laughs> so basically, get your shit together, people, and I'm, be responsible. And I'm gonna stop being nice about it too. Like this week also taught me like. Yeah, because if I'm, you don't wear, if I will ask you to put a mask on around me. Or get out, get away. Or get the fuck away from me. Yeah, no kidding. And that that Period. is. One I'm gonna thing say that... it at the grocery store <clears throat> if I have to go and put your mask up, bitch. Oh well, then you're gonna get shot. <laughs> I'm gonna wear but a shirt that I says. Know, there's a lot of people I know up, that will come like talk to me, mm-hmm. like for instance at work, and they don't wear their mask, and I'm not tolerating that anymore. It's like no. I do too, and I'm the same this, way. This, you know, I used to be super nice with it, and I would just like deal with it, like whatever. Yeah, but now I'm like, uh-uh, not go anymore. Away. Because I am a firm believer that I don't have, I didn't test positive for COVID right now because the person that we came in contact with was wearing a mask and I was wearing a mask. I think if one of those um, two equations weren't there, boom, I would probably not be talking on this podcast right now. Yeah. I'd probably be tested positive and bawling my eyes out. And we'd be quarantining in different rooms. Yeah. So, anyway. And don't call me a germaphobe anymore, people. I'm germ conscious. There's a big difference. Yeah, we're germ cautious. Conscious. Germ cautious. Germ conscience. Germ germ conscious. There we go. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay, got it. And we're going to screw it up later because now we're both confused. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Uh, the next item of business on the show is we haven't talked about a true crime in quite a while. So we just spent 32 minutes talking about (laughs) COVID and our experience with it. So let's jump into some crime and horror, right? We probably should have started off the episode with crime (laughs) and then led into COVID. It's okay. But okay. I don't even know what the uh, documentary is called, but it's the Shanann and Chris Watts story. Yeah, it's on Netflix. I think it's like a murder. Um, It's called A Murder Next Door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I already knew about this story um, like a year ago. I had heard of, heard it on a podcast or something. So I already knew about it. And then the documentary showed up on the Netflix a couple weeks back, I think. Or I, I think it's been out longer than that. But it like popped up in my, like what I, what Lacey should watch. And um, I actually watched almost the whole thing while getting my oil changed. Oh, so you've literally just seen this a couple weeks prior to me. So I had heard the story. I already knew how the story went. And then I watched the documentary. um, And the documentary is really interesting because Shanann put everything on Facebook. Every second of her life was on Facebook, whether videos, pictures, everything. I was just going to chime in real quick. This is the first documentary that is totally not shot by documentary crew. Yeah, there's a couple little things they do, but not very many. Yeah, there's... it's all, and this is the strangest thing to me, besides, it's the crew compiled footage from everything, mm-hmm. but the victim, Shanann, basically filmed this whole film herself. Yeah. She filmed her own murder, her own Pretty downfall, um... and documented it, and through the advent of social media, um, with uh, Facebook Live and and she never deleted stories. any fucking text messages ever. So we have actual text messages on the screen. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, it, it, it's crazy. So, um, and I had, I had heard that. Like, I'd heard like, 
that she was just, everything was on Facebook. Everything was on social media. And the crazy thing was that, or the crazy thing to most people was that she made their lives out to be perfect. Like the lives to die for. Well, and when you go back no and look intended. into Shanann's, because it kind of starts with her um, her story of her upbringing, and she was in a relationship before, mm-hmm. which, which was very rough, according to her. And um, then she developed a some health issues, which she were lu- or lupus. had lupus. No, has I don't think lupus is an autoimmune. She's dead. Well, <laughs> I know, but it doesn't go away. So, so I'm saying has as in past tense because she's dead. <laughs> no, that would had, be had. Had whatever. Gotcha. She had lupus until but, okay. she died. <laughs> okay, I get what you're saying. I thought you meant like it went away. No, but no. <clears throat> so if she was still alive. She would still have, have it. it. Yes. But she is dead. But then it gets into her um, her story with meeting Chris, and that's the love of her life. And I they met because they were Facebook friends. Yeah. He, he friend like, her. friend requested her, and she was like, okay, I guess I'll meet this guy. And, like, basically everything took off from there, and they got married and moved to Colorado. And... And that's where she, the story really starts to... Yeah, because they... So, you know, at first they didn't think they could have kids, but within a short period of time of moving to Colorado, she has their first daughter. It's that Rocky Mountain High, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and she works for an MLM, and, like, life is great. And, um, you know, so everybody always thinks they have this happy, happy life. Like you get video footage of their wedding. Um, there are two types of people on Facebook. Those who, well, I would, I wouldn't say there's, but okay. When it's outrageous. For the most so, part. <laughs> no, I would say it's very. If all they post is how perfect their life is. Their life sucks. Yeah. That's what it is. Well, yes, but. The loudest it's, people on Facebook, because mm-hmm. there's two types of loud people on Facebook when it comes to this. Now there's two types of loud people when it comes to political stuff on Facebook and blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to this, it's either their life is the shits all the time and you hear about it and they never doing anything to fix it, or their life's wonderful all the, all the time and you know there's nothing else they could ask for. Mm-hmm. It's like those people. Yeah. and And she's one of the latter. She's the... My life is perfect. And whenever I see somebody who their life is perfect, I'm like, how miserable are you actually? Well, every time I see that now, I'm going to think of this uh, story. Well, I had started to think that before anyway, because I had already heard this story. And that was like the big theme throughout the podcast I'd listened to was like, not everything is always as it seems. And you don't actually know what goes on behind closed doors. And you'll never really know somebody until they murder you. And... (laughs) Yeah, and so um, <laughs> quickly, quickly we get um, a well, total backstory of... Here's my... F- okay, so the documentary starts out because her best friend had dropped her off at the house at 2 a.m. They'd been on a business trip. Their flight was delayed, so they got back uber fucking late, 2 a.m. And Shanann, who was 15 weeks pregnant, was supposed to go to a doctor's appointment that day. And she and Nicole, that's her bestie, talked constantly. So she hadn't heard from Shanann didn't see anything on Facebook, was like, something is amiss. (laughs) And like, I didn't know this. The documentary doesn't tell you this, but somehow Nicole finds out that 
Like she gets a hold of the doctor or something, like calls the doctor's office, and that's how she finds out that Shanann didn't go to her doctor's appointment. That's how she found out she missed the appointment. Because they don't talk about that in the documentary, but you see her on the police footage, like from the body cam, yeah, saying she missed her doctor's appointment. And I always wondered how she knew that. Like, and I actually just recently found out that she somehow got a hold of the doctor. That's some weird shit, man. But, well, she knew that they were having problems. Okay, and they talked I, nonstop. I, I get that. And but... she got a bad feeling, like, right off the bat. Which I was like, that is a little weird. She's like, I'm calling that doctor's office as soon as she wakes up to make sure she's there. Well, no, she called after, because it was like the doctor's appointment should have been long gone, long, like, ended. And she still hadn't heard from Shanann. I think the biggest thing that um, points off that something's amiss is the lack of uh, communication, though. Yeah, because they talked constantly. Mm -hmm. So she was like, okay, that's really weird. Okay, there's nothing on Facebook. So then she gets, she finds out that she'd missed her doctor's appointment, and she was like, I'm going to go to the house. So she gets to the house. She sees that the girl's car seats and the car is still there like she finds that out somehow she's like looking through the window and that's when she calls the police for the wellness check so the police come out and they're like well she hasn't been missing that long like maybe like like you know the police officer's kind of like you crazy <laughs> not bitch. to be comical but i gotta add a little comedy in mm -hmm. just because it's me they're like dude it's not that long it's literally 9 a.m you don't understand. She posts on Facebook every 15 minutes. Pretty much, that's yeah. that's like what it, that's kind of what she's ensuing. Constantly. <laughs> like, like they, she went on a six week vacation and posted thousands of photos. Yeah. Which, and I, I don't even mean to say that comically because it's true. She is like infatuated with uh, social, social media. media. She loves it. Probably because her, so, her actual life fucking blows. <laughs> but so, there are people out there like that. So that is weird. Because it's out of her norm that she hasn't posted anything. She's missed her doctor's... Well, she, and she hasn't posted anything, so I called her doctor's office. <laughs> and then I showed up. And that is... Well, and then she had also texted Chris and was like, oh, well, she went on a play date with the girls. And that's when she went to the house and was like, she didn't go on a play date because her car is still here. Like, 15-week pregnant woman didn't walk to somebody's house with two toddlers. Like, yeah. that didn't happen. And so, like, Chris shows up, and the police are welcomed into the house, and they, you know, they find well, her first, phone. She's like, so here's, like, something that people need to understand. Police can't just enter a home because you think something's amiss. No. Because Nicole is... like, why aren't you fucking going in the she's house? She's, like, calls, not even, she calls... Um, her parents. Shanann's parents. Yeah, it's Shanann's parents that she calls. Mm -hmm. And they get the like code to open up the garage door. And she's like, I'm going to open up. We're going to go in. And the cop's like, dude, we can't do mm -hmm. that. She's like, well, why not? You go in. It's Because <laughs> like, that's breaking and entering. Yeah. And you have to have. Now, if they like looked Probable in the window. Cause, and there was a and, body sitting there. Or there was some blood maybe on the ground. Or something, you know. Then they could go in. Then they could break the door down and get in there. Yeah. But... If someone's just not home and you haven't heard from them <laughs> in six hours. Now, here's <laughs> the weirdest thing to me. Chris shows up, right? And he's like... In his trunk. Huh? He's he's here. The way the time frame's working, we're, spoiler alert, 
they're already dead and he's the murderer, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's actually pretty calm and collected. I mean, he's a good actor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I've, I've always I heard people are like, he acted so weird. And I was like, no, he didn't. He was acting pretty normal. He was acting weird when he found out the neighbor had a security camera. Yeah, he got real. Pointed toward, that's when he gets really nervous. But up till that point, he's just like, fuck. He's like, he's I would have thought worried. he was the murderer at first. At first, I was thinking, because I knew nothing of the backstory of this case. I was like, I bet you she took off with the girls. Mm-hmm. And that's what this is about. Yeah. She took off in a bikini with the deed to the house. Something like that. Or That's another yeah. reference to something else. But. But, but I was basically like, he was selling it good. Mm-hmm. And what I'm trying to say is, literally, he had just murdered his wife and kids no more than 12 hours ago. I would be a fucking mess. Like, I don't know how it would be, but you know what I mean? Well, and I would like, be cool, calm, and collected like he was. Everybody always said, or I've read it in several articles. I've heard it on another podcast. I've heard it from all these people. He was acting so weird. First of all, if he hadn't actually killed them, like, just saying, you never know how you're going to act in a situation. You just don't. Like, I always reference, like, when my grandfather who died that I was close with as a kid I didn't cry for a couple days. Like, I didn't cry at all. And I loved that man. And my uncle, who I was not close with at all, I bawled at his funeral. Hmm. Like, so I'm just saying, like, you never know how you're going to behave. And, but he did it. Like, he did kill them. Yeah. But he wasn't really acting that like he was acting kind of all the right ways that you would expect. Like when they go in, he goes, "Oh my God, this is her phone. This is her lifeline." Yeah. He said, like I think that's verbatim what he says, and like they're like, "Oh my God, what the fuck?" You know. But this is when I knew he was the murderer. Why? Because it shows the text popping up, and oh, it yeah. shows like he sent five texts to her, and I was like, "He's like trying to put something off. Like this is fake." You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like, he's, like, already... He's planting yeah. his story because had the had that security camera not been pointed to the house, he probably would have got away with this. I don't think he would have got away with it because security camera or not, he's the one that sits down and does the lie detector later. That's true, but I think he could have got away with it for a lot longer. Then, this could have gone a lot different. Yeah. This case actually was pretty cut and dry in terms of... Here's the evidence. You were, the security cameras pointed at your house. You were the only person coming and going. Your car mysteriously backs up to the garage, which you never fucking do because your neighbor knows because he has a security camera pointed at your house. I don't, well, I guess I could say that about the neighbors across the street. I know that they always back their truck in and their white car. Mm -hmm. They never pull it in. Yeah, they always back, like, you notice things that you might not notice, like, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, yeah, things that when you start aren't to on your radar, but you it, do, yeah. You're like, okay, that's actually weird. Most people observe things and then... Without realizing but it. When you're questioned about them, you would be like, wow, that is kind of weird. Like if I if, they, if I was asked about the neighbors, like, what's weird about anything that happened? Well, one thing is they didn't back their cars in. Yeah. <laughs> they parked in the street, you know, whatever. Or the other neighbors, like... What was weird about seeing all the people walking in and out of their house? Well, you they don't you never even see the wife. Like <laughs> I've never seen the wife. So I've lived here for four years and I've never seen her. It's really weird that there's a woman walking in and out of the house. 
But, um, and kissing the husband. That's weird. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not the wife. Like, <laughs> So he, he's playing it pretty cool. He's, you know, he's looking confused. And that's all changes, though, when the officer's like, well, let's go see if you're, any of your neighbors have, like, doorbell cameras or security systems, anything and he's like, like that. no, we don't need to do that. He's like, huh? <laughs> and they go to the one neighbor's house. I'm not that worried. And they're, like, looking at the footage. And he's like, oh, I'm fucked. <laughs> You can He's like see just like sweat pouring. You know when his hands are shaking. Yes, you know there his is nipples are hard. <laughs> He's got a raging boner. <laughs> He's getting naked in front of everybody and just saying, "Just do it now." <laughs> Look at me, not the camera. <laughs> he like notices him coming out of the building on the camera. He's like, oh, look, my dick just fell out of my pants. And the cop's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. And then by the time they look back to the camera, oh, well, don't see anything. <laughs> oh, good thing I got. From now on, when I'm nervous, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say to you, Marcus, my nipples are hot. <laughs> yeah. And that's it's going to be the new code. <laughs> and from now on, whenever, whenever I'm trying to hide something, I'll just say, look, my dick fell out of my pants. <laughs> and I'll be like, who did you murder? <laughs> Are they in an oil tank? <laughs> oh, man. Um, so he, his body language and everything changes. And they're looking at the security camera. And uh, what I was going to say, there's that the I'm fucked stance with guys <laughs> is you stand there, you kind of slouch a little bit, and you put your hands on your head, and you interlock your fingers on the back of your forehead. Like, yeah, oh, you're right. Fuck. That, whenever a guy does that. Run. <laughs> Well, they should run. That's when they know they're. That's when they should pull their dick out of their <laughs> No, you're totally right, dude. My I, dad always used to do that when he was mad at my mom or us. He'd be like, <sighs> like if he just like he was at a loss for something. Yeah, and this guy's like, I'm <laughs> fucked. I just, but I'm going to prison for but, a long time. <laughs> yeah, but oddly enough, they didn't catch anything on the camera. It was skewed a little bit, so. Mm-hmm. He was just like, well, it's just loading tools. After he sees it, and they're like, well, I didn't really say, oh, just tools or something like yeah. that for the work site. Because he works on a... And the neighbor's like, he's fucking lying. Yeah. He doesn't the, ever load tools in a car. The, yeah, that's what the neighbor says. He's like, did you see that guy? And the cop's like, well, this is a... I'm sorry, but this cop's a bad cop. <laughs> like, he could be a good cop. But he's bad with his investigation I think, skills. I think and this he can't guy usually people. just gives tickets to speeders. Yeah, he's probably a traffic cop. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> he. I could tell, like, he was trying really hard. And, like, he's like, here's my card. Like, it's, like, it's going to be all right. Everything's cool. But I could, like, you can tell that he was like, I'm not fucking, no, I'm not trained for this. I'm not trained for missing persons. I was just called to do a wellness check. Pretty sure I was going to see the wife walking through the fucking house naked. Like, Yeah, no kidding. Because once he, yeah. <laughs> And so, like, you're totally right. He's but, a he's a bad cop in this situation, but he might be a good cop. We don't know. <laughs> he probably is a good cop because he probably pulls people over for speeding, and they're probably like, oh, "I got a shit," and he's like, "Well, you know, I just got get out of here." <laughs> he tries his best. He means well. <laughs> and while they're like in the car, they're like, dicks out <laughs> and hands around their head. It's like the Ted Bundy, or not Ted Bundy, the Jeffrey Dahmer thing, where Jeffrey Dahmer got pulled over with like bodies in trash bags in the back seat, and the cop was like. What's in that? And uh, Jeffrey Dahmer was just like, leaves. <laughs> <laughs> it's just some yard waste. And the cop was like, 
Hey, have a nice day. <laughs> I would have tried to reverse psychology. I'd be like, bodies. <laughs> and the cop would have been like, okay, no, real funny, buddy. Have you ever seen that? Uh, there's a video on YouTube. It's really, uh, it's comical and it's pretty, uh, pretty popular. It's been shared a lot, but um, it's from back in like, I think it's the early 90s, but it's a police dash cam, so it's not super old. And this officer's out looking for this escaped serial killer. Mm -hmm. And he literally finds him, but the serial killer convinces him it's not him. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I know. I get told it all the time. I look like that guy, but it's not me. <laughs> He's like, That sounds very, that sounds He's like a very Ted Bundy thing. <laughs> Yeah, but he's like... To have happened? And the cops, like, talk. He's like, you... Sh and he's like... Are yeah, you sure no, you're what? not that guy? Go ahead. Have a nice day. <laughs> but... Oof. Cops are just people, okay? Doctors are just people. Cops are just people. They're not all superheroes. They're not actually... You know? So nice people can sometimes be a good cop's kryptonite, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, you know? <laughs> those nice murderers. Well, they might behave nice. Actually, in fact, most of your murderers and serial killers aren't mean people at They're all. They're always the nicest person in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Good thing I'm a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> you'll never, you'll never be pegged as a serial killer because she was just so mean all the time. She's fuck. She just gave a stink eye walking you know, her mailbox. Like I could see her killing a person out of rage, like they stole her she food. Just flipped people but off for no she reason. Would never. <laughs> um. So Chris literally, like, uh, he, you know, they let him go for the day. Mm -hmm. And Nicole's like, oh, I don't feel right about this. And the officer's like, well, there's nothing we can do right now. She's like, he killed him. Yeah, she's basically, like, keened in. But you figure out throughout the story that she has received a lot of information about their relationship. But nothing that would indicate anything for murder. That's my thing. Because he... And that's where it's really weird because, correct me if I'm wrong, but he never has hit her or done anything physical He was never violent, ever, um, like that nope. she ever told anybody. And she text, she was very honest through text messages with her friends. Like, he won't fucking, he won't fuck me. He's like, yeah, basically, you she's know, like, I she, want that dick. That's That was the only, the biggest problem that she would say. He never wants to have sex. Oops. <laughs> and she, like, he, in fact, when she would, like, accuse him of shit, he was, like, he would send her really nice text messages. <laughs> like, she was like, you don't love me and the girls. And he was like, I love you, beautiful. Like, I can't wait to smack that ass. Like, he was, like, super, like... Ain't no big deal. He's a con artist, man. Well, yeah, he is. <laughs> like, that's, I mean, he murdered them. But, no, like, he, there was nothing to suspect of violence. Like, he didn't have a violent past. He didn't have violent tendencies. I think he well, snapped. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I, he snapped. I don't think he was happy with her for a long time. His parents hated her. They didn't even come to their wedding. And then she had a big old fucking meltdown with them because she was all weird about all the shit her kid couldn't. Couldn't, couldn't eat. Yeah, and tried to was... accuse the grandma of trying to kill their kid. Yeah. Which I think the grandma innocently bought something that the little girl was allergic to. Well, um, that was kind of a weird thing. I'd have to rewatch that. But basically she like had said everything on that ice cream. It was ice cream, I believe. Yeah, it was ice She's cream. She's allergic to everything on there. And it's like, huh? 
And the grandma was like, okay, my bad. Like She loved her kids. Don't get me wrong. But I think maybe she was a little bit overbearing them. on them yeah. too. Kind of one of those parents. Well, that's kind of like this. That instance kind of reminded me of like my mom. Because yeah. like, um, like our grandma would load us up with junk food and stuff and like whatever. And she always made our grandma out to be like like a crappy grandma, like no matter what, like was out to get us no matter what good or bad thing she did. Like that was just cause they didn't get along. Right. And I kind of felt like that's what the situation was like. I know you don't like me. I don't like you. You tried to kill my baby. Like, <laughs> and that was kind of what I picked up on that. I don't think the grandma really was trying to be malicious. I don't, I don't know. But that kind of escalated some stuff. Like, that kind of, like, she even mentioned, like, that was a little bit of the breaking point. It's well, yeah, because she basically texts Chris. So, so let's take a break here on um, the investigation side. So, Chris is left alone in the house. See ya. Have fun. We'll be back tomorrow. Then it kind of switches gears and focuses on this trip that she takes down to North Carolina. Cause that's where they're from. They moved to Colorado, yeah. but their families are all back there. They haven't seen the girls in a while. So she takes the girls. Cause she works for a company that doesn't, that's just like a pyramid work, scheme. Yeah, work. <laughs> she works for an MLM. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically she, so she goes on a six week trip mm-hmm. and he doesn't come till the last week. So, so she's he, away. They're away from each other for over a month. And he's, it's noted, you got to note that he begins to really change his lifestyle habits. So when they got together, he weighs 245 pounds or yeah. whatever. And then he gets into really uh, fitness mm-hmm. and working out and things. And oh, he's a ripped dude. He's, he, he was looks, a good, yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a creepy person. Like one of those creepy women that's like, ooh, hello. No, he's, good, he's a good looking guy. He's a handsome, guy, yeah attractive, well-built, like, fit dude. Mm-hmm. Like, he, there is not a question about it. And so he's just going to town on his working out routines and everything. He probably had to start working out because he didn't want to kill her. Because he, I don't think they were happy for a long time. Or I don't no, think he and, was happy with her. And she openly admits in her Facebook posts and her texts and things that she is, like... I don't There's really a like Chris be himself. I'm kind of dominant. and Yeah, that she says, I'm the dominant one. Yeah. And, and, and there are some uh, things that they do show in that that she is kind of mean to him at times. Yeah, she has some. She also has some questionable be- behavior. Like, mm-hmm. she definitely 100% didn't deserve to be murdered. And, like... No, not at we, all. Not at all. And that's not what we're saying. Like, we're not blaming but her, I, but... But I think sh- her... her it seemed like an unhealthy obsession with social media was kind of a little... Like, her unhealthy obsession with a perfect life was driving him crazy a little bit, I think. Like... Yeah. And again, that didn't mean she deserved to be murdered. No, because he's got an unhealthy obsession, too. And I think that's with this fitness thing. Because unbeknownst to us, at the time, it comes out a little later, he's got a side bitch. Yes. And supposedly, according to those two, the relationship only started like a couple weeks before the vacation. Like, that's, oh, yeah, that's, that's what they said. I don't know if that's true. Well, they were, they were work, they worked together. Yeah. And it, they show a segment in there where he's like 
presenting a thesis or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he's doing for like a I college don't know. class. They don't explain and it. And he's talking about what happens when you break up with someone or meet someone. You know what I'm and saying? And like how you always have to work. Because relationships are hard. Like you don't, yeah. you have to always be putting in work. And there's always so he, ups he and falls, downs and whatever. And that's kind of what he's talking about. But then like he also, like, then they like pray to his show own. that he's like, yeah, you're it, saying. Because <laughs> he says like, you often will go through parts in your life where you're having a rough spot in your relationship, but you meet someone else and maybe it starts off friendly, but then maybe you want to pursue a relationship with that person because you can see that maybe that will be better than what I got because this is going through a rough patch is basically what he says. And that's what he does. Cause it's you. Yeah. Cause he's saying like the grass is always greener. Well, he's saying the grass isn't always greener, but it appears to be. Yeah, exactly. But that he falls prey to his own, dem- like that's his demise. Like he's yeah. telling people don't fall to this. Like and he totally does. <laughs> and this girl is like, I don't She's know. a cute girl. Like I don't think she's. She's like a, a big time fitness person. Oh yeah, she's like outdoors. ripped. When they show that bikini picture of her that he took, I was like, what the fuck? Is that yeah. an action figure? So... <laughs> I eat I mean, a lot of mac and cheese. I'm very, look like very that. different from, uh, uh, and she doesn't have kids and she doesn't want kids. And he, I think he kind of, I, I think he loved his daughters. I think he just also didn't love his life. Like, no, I think he thought he, that was the life for him. Yeah. He was like, I want, I'm done. And then he realized I made a once mistake. he got it that I don't want this and I want to erase it. Yeah. Like, he didn't want the next babe. I will admit, because everybody says, like, that he was really weird and behaved weird in the, um, like, when they have the baby announcement, she, like, films it. He was, like, you could see on, he was trying to act happy because he knew he was being filmed, but on his face, it was like, huh? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We're having a fucking other one? Like, you could tell he was not happy. And, like... So I think you're right. I think that he thought that maybe that life was right for him and then he realized it wasn't. And rather than saying, hey, let's just separate and figure it out from there because I'm not happy. That's where I don't understand him. Because I'm like, you could have had that life. Yeah, you would have had to pay some child support, but... And maybe the divorce would have sucked, but you wouldn't be in prison. (laughs) But then again, Shanann is overbearing with uh, text messages and things. I don't know. I actually think, and I'm not saying it's a defense for him, but I really do think he snapped. Like, I just think he wasn't happy. And she was like pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. And he was like, fuck it. I'm just going to kill him. Like, I want this other life. I don't want to deal with this. I'm just going to fucking kill him. And that's where, (laughs) I mean, so you get like halfway through the um, documentary. You're seeing... Most of the documentary isn't even on the investigation. The investigation parts are actually pretty quick. Most well, of it is just showing you... The investigation the, happened fairly quickly. Like, yes, it was, it was like seven bing, days. Bang, bomb. Yeah, it was seven <laughs> days. And um, seven days. <laughs> You're going to die in seven days. Dude. <laughs> That's the oh, ring. <laughs> I know, but then I'm like thinking about COVID testing seven days. You have to wait seven days. And this oh, seven, whatever. There's triple sevens in this. <laughs> Anyways. Seven's my lucky number. Um... Most of the, it's like an hour and 45 minute um, documentary mm-hmm. is actually just things that she shot and showing how uh, their life was going at that time. 
and you get to the point where he heads back from North Carolina to Colorado. You mean from Colorado to North Carolina? No. So he goes to North Carolina for that last week. Yeah. I'm just kind of fast forwarding. Then oh. he returns without them and again goes to his, I don't even know what his No, they all came home together. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. No, they There's didn't. There's pictures of them on the plane together. But she immediately goes on a business trip. So they, so they, they flew the girls. The okay, yeah, yeah. that's right. They all he flies there. They all fly they, back. Yeah. He immediately goes on that business trip down to California or something. And then he like gets a babysitter and he goes back to like fucking Nicole. The other yeah, Nicole. Yeah. Then he's he gets brazen like and goes out on a date with her. Yeah. He gets a babysitter. And Shanann's gone. Shanann's watching the bank accounts. Well, she... um, Because he says, I went to this bar. Yeah. And And she's like, well, she she even looks up the menu. Like... uh, Well, I'm here to tell you when you think someone's cheating on you, which she fully does for like... Oh, yeah. She's been thinking that you go to some really weird... Like, you become your own private eye. So that's not... No, no, no. I'm not like saying like what a crazy person, but she like calls him out because she's like, there's no way yeah. that, that that you saying you had a burger and a beer, that's like 15 bucks. I looked up the menu. This costs $60. She doesn't tell him. No, but she she's tells. like saying that to her. She's like, there's no way. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna bring this up to him when I get home. Mm-hmm. And the last thing we see is it like she arrives at 2 a.m. and that's the last sight of her. Yeah. Was from that camera. Mm-hmm. Why didn't that camera work the night or come into I question? think he turned it off. Oh. I'll guarantee he turned it off. Um, And they pretty much, the cops figure it out. The dumbest thing he does is he goes and takes a polygraph. Like. Never. Why do people take polygraph tests? I never understand. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. Because you can fail just for being nervous, but. Oh, well, yeah. And. Like, just don't. <laughs> I mean, but it is the it's the nail in his coffin, and in this case, it worked out because he I really think, did commit the crime. However, <laughs> I think there was nails already lined up for his coffin. I think this was just the early bird. Yeah. Of it, you know, I think they were gonna catch him eventually because mm-hmm. there were just it just was too too strange. But he saved the police a lot of time and police <laughs> work. By going and taking this polygraph. So he shows up to the police station. They've already interviewed him once. Mm-hmm. And that interview's super weird. Because the cop's like talking about like, hey, does she got any side dudes, you think? He's like, no, dude. Mm-hmm. He's like, you got any side chicks? Did you real good looking? I'd fuck you. That's what he basically says. He's like, oh, dude, I used to be 245. And the cop's like, really? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I'm 185. Yeah, you look good now. <laughs> you bang anybody? Yeah, dude. Like, I'll be your side dude. <laughs> if you don't have a girlfriend, um, hit me up. <laughs> if you don't have a girlfriend? Oh, it's side girlfriend. Yeah. I was like, he's married. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm like, You're what stepping you... in what I'm pooping. Well, I'm like, what were you trying to say? Like, if your wife doesn't show up, you want to hit me? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Um... He he goes home and decides to come back again to take a polygraph. That's when I would have lawyered up right away. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you want this sucker to burn, but some people are just like, what yeah. the fuck? But I don't think this was premeditated. 
I the, don't think so. The documentary tries to play it as premeditated because at well, the end. There is a picture that he sends to Shanann that some people think that the girls were already dead. However, that wouldn't make sense because they drowned in the oil tank. So I don't I don't know if it was premeditated or not, but there's, I guess, this photo that he sends of the girls sleeping that some people are like, that those kids look dead. I think he... Um... I think he thought about doing it. Mm-hmm. I guess that begs the question of what is actually premeditated. Premeditated to me was he had everything lined out to do it this night. Yeah. I think he's been thinking about murdering her to get rid of her. Yeah. And moving on with the new life. But I don't think he set this is going to be the night. But she came home and I think confronted him on everything. He was like, fuck this. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it. So... And he gets nailed by that polygraph, and that polygraph tester, she's just a fucking fierce little bitch, man. She, she's badass. She was like, okay, so we're going to take this polygraph, and uh, it's really cool, because by the time we're done, I'm going to know if you killed your wife or not. Yeah, yeah, match. <laughs> and uh, it's, if, you did, if you killed your wife, you're stupid for taking this polygraph test, but if you didn't kill would, your wife... I would have got in a debate with her right there, though, and been like, well, actually, statistically... None of this polygraph information can be admissible in a court. And they've shown scientifically that polygraphs really don't Well, that's work. why I wouldn't even taken the polygraph. I would have been like, I would have had that conversation when they asked me about it. I wouldn't have she, signed my she paper. She hooks him up to the breathing thing. And she's like, you really need to calm your breathing down because you're all over the place. Yeah. He's like, I just, uh, but that's how, that's how I would be like, well, seriously yeah. with any tests. I'm always like, what? I'd be like. Yeah, that's not a test you can study for, and that's a test. Like, let's say you didn't do it, and people say, then you shouldn't be, a, you shouldn't have anything to worry about. My worry would be like, what if they find it some like what that's if why what I if say, I fail and, this and they and think I did it? Two totally poly, to, two totally different polygraph analysis people can have, come up with two totally different like. Uh, whether or not you committed a murder, never take a polygraph test. Okay, don't ever take one. Don't ever take one. Period. They used to do them for employment. Well, and he was saying, yeah, I've taken one before. And they do still do them for employment. But I just, like, she was cool because she was like, okay, it's going to be awesome. I'm going to know if you're a murderer here in just a minute. Well, what she says, what she says is, you know what's cool about this test? And he's like, (laughs) he's like, totally. Nothing. And she's like, right now, there's only one person in this room that knows the truth. But after this done, there's going to be two. And he's like, fuck. (laughs) Yeah, that was definitely... She just... sells the device that she's using mm-hmm. to him as not nothing, it's total practical and real, and I know all your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Which she doesn't. No, she doesn't. But in this instance, it was like, yeah, go get him. <laughs> in this instance. <laughs> and he fucking fails it, and she tells him and brings in the detective, and that's where they start to grill him. He's like, I didn't lie. I didn't, I didn't lie at all. And they're like... Okay, she killed the kids. <laughs> and, well... No, he doesn't admit to that yet either. Then they're like, come on, Chris. You got some shit, you guys. He's like, fine, I cheated on her. Mm -hmm. I never killed her or my kids. Then they do a weird move, which pays off for them. But I don't know how... I don't think it would have stood up in court. So they bring his father in. Mm -hmm. And they they leave, and the father talks to him. And he's like trying to whisper at first. Dad's like, huh? He's like, I fucking killed her. 
<laughs> his dad's like rubbing his back. And and he's like, you did, but she killed the kids. And then they're like, we got it. We're going in. I don't think, you know, I think I've, somehow a lawyer would have tore that apart. Probably, but. But then he spills his guts in in one way of saying that he killed Shanann after they had sex because he got upset with her. Mm-hmm. But he did, but, oh, no, it was because she killed the kids. He had to kill her because of the kids. And they're yeah. like, no, that doesn't make sense. And it doesn't make any sense. Because he, he's like, I told her about the affair and the girl, and she went wild and said, I'd never see the kids again and kill them. And his, his story really starts to fall apart. Yeah. And the worst part about this whole documentary is when it finally comes across how he did it. Now I feel for Shanann. I'm like, fuck, dude. He, like, he suffocates her, strangles mm-hmm. her, whatever. And that's 100% unfair to her. You know, sucks. He, he, he should have just that night been like, I got a girl that I love. I can't make it with you anymore. Yeah. But instead he kills her, which is god awful. But the ones, and I told you this earlier, that I'm like seriously like just boils my blood is what he did to his kids. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, especially because he like talks about the one little girl. Like he, his, Shanann's dead on the floor and the little girl's like, what's wrong with mommy? Yeah, is mommy okay? And then when mm-hmm. he gets out to the oil site and puts them in those uh, tanks. Mm-hmm. And he's like, the last thing I can uh, see, and I see it every day, is my daughter just saying, please, Daddy, no. I'm like, you're disgusting. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge, uh, while the trial was going on, or not the trial, the investigation, there were people like coming at Shanann's family mm-hmm. and coming to his defense and saying that it's all her and that she was crazy. And yes, she had some questionable characteristics on social media no doubt and i don't think their relationship was great but that didn't deserve her death but and these people were like no she left and did you know they were just making up there, absurd I, there's a bunch of articles right now all online that's like um it their their marriage was so abusive and blah 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 blah, blah. like oh i think, she was I think super it was abusive. i think it was it's self-defense and, no. Yeah, like that's I, the, I well, that's where the problem comes. I like, think she, I think she was um, abusive in an emotional nature at times mm-hmm. when she didn't get her way. I really do think that from the way I seen the documentary, I was like, I don't, I don't like. No one deserves to be killed, right? But mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say that just because she was killed, she was an angel. Like no. I'm not gonna say that either, because that that's, that happens all the time. Oh, they were killed. They were an angel. no. She, did she deserve it? Hell no. Um, was she a loving mother? It sure looked like it. Mm-hmm. Was she not kind of like she? I think she was kind of overly in love with Chris. Like we're oddly like I don't know how you say that. Like she was so in love with him that it got to be very possessive. Yes, and I think and and that pushes people away. Like when you yeah. Yeah. And it's sad at the end of the documentary, you see this letter she wrote him and all these things. Here's my problem. She knew the relationship went to shit. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, you know what? And she, 
she gave it ample time to work on it, but instead of letting it go, both of them, she went 100% hardcore of the opposite. Mm-hmm. Of like, I am going to prove that I love you. Yeah. He obviously doesn't love you anymore. And you should have fucking said, like, just fucking bounced out long ago. Mm-hmm. But she didn't. And that's not her fault. I just think you can't. I guess what I'm trying to say is you can't force people to love you. Mm-hmm. Even in a relationship that you're in. I, I mean, I've been there before. You can't force people to fall back in love with you. You can you can work on relationships, but you have to realize that when it's time, it's time. And you can't force anything. And I think that's where she suffered a lot. Like, she, she, I don't think she could see a life without him. Mm-hmm. So it was like a complete 180. She couldn't see a life without him, and all he wanted to see was a life without them. Yeah. And that, and the worst outcome was that it affected the kids. And mm-hmm. and now he's in fucking prison, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. I was, his court appearance when he's getting sentenced was despicable to me. You know, he's, there are people talking about her and what a what they took, what he took from them and, and about the kids. And he just, the judge asks him, do you have anything? And so he's like, no. I'm like, fuck, dude, you're a piece. Get the fuck out of mm-hmm. here. Like, and he, he basically uh, copped to everything to avoid the death penalty. Mm-hmm. And he's probably getting raped in prison right now. Probably. Which is good. Because criminals don't like people who kill their wives and daughters, specifically their daughters. I don't know what the criminal code is, but I know that if you kill, rape, or do any, abuse a child, you're fucked. Yeah. And rightfully so. And so I hope he's going through a hell of a time. You said something like women are reaching out. He gets endless letters from women who... Find him compassionate was the word that was used, and handsome, and they feel sad for him. There's a lot of crazy people in this world. Yes, there are. I, I don't know how you could do that. I don't know either, and like, I don't know. That just really irks me, like. <laughs> he killed us, like, even if you're like, somehow really crazy and you were like she deserved it how can you justify like flirting with this man who killed his little girls like well do you know what i mean like oh yeah and then even at that you got to think you're flirting with a guy that's killed his wife why what what why do you want to be with that guy yeah what would put it past him to get in a relationship with you and not do the same thing yeah so that's always really weird and that's the biggest one is what you said who could find someone attractive and compassionate who killed children? Yeah, like, even if... And you, in the way he killed them. Yeah, like, because at least, like, Shanann, she didn't have... She didn't suffocate in dirt. Like, he didn't bury her alive. You know? Like, that's... Well, she suffocated. Well, she did, but I'm saying he didn't... He wasn't, like, burying her alive. Like, the girls, like, watched him, like, close that oil tank. Goodbye! Yeah, see you like, later. Like, I don't even know... 
how it's almost like he hated the little girls more than he hated them because he that's there's suffering there's so much more suffering in drowning <laughs> if i was to say anything about it he looked at them as not as kids anymore but as a decision mm-hmm. that he made and that he really didn't like mm-hmm. so it was like a roadblock kind of like when you buy something from the store and you're like fuck i want to take this back mm-hmm. you know and he was like shit you know fuck them yeah. Because I don't think he loved those kids at all. He sits there and talks about in it that, I loved them. I loved them. And I did this to them. Uh, I think that's a play, dude. I think he's a good actor. Uh, yeah. That's what most ladies men, ladies men are. They're good actors, dude. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's a, the, a murder next door. It's a very interesting documentary. It goes by pretty quick. And um, yeah, it's good. It's different because like we said at the beginning, hardly any of it is shot by the actual documentarian crew. Yeah, it's mostly police footage and a ton of Facebook footage. Mm-hmm. It's insane how much we actually document our lives nowadays. One thing that was crazy is they would show like literally as she was texting people about like specific days and things on the trip that happened, like this happened, he blah, 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 blah. She was literally at the exact same time posting pictures about how happy they were and selfies at, like, the beach while she's talking shit about her experience at the beach. Like, that was really powerful to watch. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Because as you're looking through the social media pictures, they're throwing the text bubbles up with the time. Yeah. Um, I, I think the biggest takeaway from this is if you're not happy in a relationship you're in, just get the fuck out mm-hmm. and take care of your kids mm-hmm. no matter who it is. You know, I'm not a dad or anything, but I could never envision hurting your child. I would rather see him be a deadbeat dad and ignore his kids for the rest of their lives than drown them. <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%. That they, were ro- they were robbed, like, of their lives. And, and his kids are so cute, too. They were. Like, the one thing that, like got me the worst is his oldest daughter singing, singing that, song. that song and i was like you about my daddy is my hero piece of fucking trash dude mm-hmm. well and that's like little girls love their dads like there ain't no tomorrow yeah and he just yeah so it's like i don't know he's a junkie guy and that's all you can that's all you can say he's, he's a piece of fuck yeah shanann had some questionable things to me on the way she presented herself. Mm-hmm. But but don't we all? We all have problems like that. But him, man. I'm sure someone could go to town on me in a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I'd hate to see that film. <laughs> I was going I thought you were gonna say something else. What? <laughs> no, nothing. Um, <laughs> go to down on me in another type of film. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm saying, like, I do not want to know what somebody could uh, say about me in a documentary. Oh, yeah. 100%, man. If like, people, like, dove into anyone's lives, you're going to find shit. But, okay, here's one nice thing, though, that they did, was they made it so honest. They weren't, like, like, the documentary crew wasn't, like... Her smile lit up a room. Like, that's, like, always the first line in, like, any 2020 episode. It's always, like, like what you were saying. The victim never did anything wrong. They were perfect. They Everybody they loved them. Like, they turned heads everywhere they went. 
Well, they don't sell it that way at all. It's just basically the She's story of these two people, and they make them two people, and that's all they do. Yeah, so th- that was really cool that they did that, because like, like I'm saying, like if I if it was a documentary about me, that would not be what people say. <laughs> they what nice things that they could say about me would be like she really liked animals. Really, really liked animals. And she was also insane as hell. <laughs> she really, really liked animals. <laughs> like uh, that's all they could come up with that was nice about me. Well, we're <laughs> at an hour and 22 minutes for this episode. Well, we're making up for missing last week. So. I think we're two weeks behind, actually. <sighs> Someday we'll catch back up with life. It's just, it's been, it's been a weird little go lately. Um, but before we leave you, we are in a new studio, not studio, a new room in our home. It's our podcast studio. Well, it, it's going to become right now. It's very echoey. It's a bare room. And yeah, um, we had a guy, uh, living with us for a little while and he's gone. So we have, uh, requisitioned two rooms. Uh, Lacey's got her own art studio now, not mm-hmm. an art closet. It's really cool to have a full room and, yeah, not a closet under the stairs. And we have another room that we're going to deck out. Right now it's so bare and it's kind of depressing, but it's going to it's gonna be awesome when we're done with it. I think it's going to be real cool. I know. I've been, like, staring at shit while we've been recording this episode, and I'm like, okay, here's what things, we can do things here. Things we can add, things we can do. This is what we're going to do over here. I, plan, I actually plan on getting a computer in here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, probably just a cheaper laptop to capture the episodes. Yeah. Um, we're capturing it on our Zoom H6, which does a great job, but it's more meant for field recording and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I like it on a computer better. Yeah. Just because then the computer, you can look up stuff while you're... That was nice. We're going at now it. Now we so. have to give Googs on our phones again. I hate the Googs on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> that always sucks. Um, but yeah, you know, if you're out there suffering from coronavirus... Um, Please just, get well. Just get well. <laughs> If you're out there in the world and you don't have coronavirus, think about everyone that is out there that does and is suffering and the potential suffering you could face or don't your loved ones. Dick. <laughs> um, and you know what? If you're out there in an abusive relationship, seek help and get out. Mm-hmm. That's. And if you're suffering with coronavirus and you're in an abusive relationship, go to the doctor and tell them that you need no, help. No, <laughs> don't go anywhere. Stay isolated. Point a gun at your door that your serial killer lover is going to come through and blast them. There you and go. And then get better. Self-defense. There you go. <laughs> Just, I don't know. It, I mean, if someone, if you were in an abusive relationship where someone's going to kill you, just... Don't kill them, I guess. I don't know. I don't have what any What am I trying of, to say here? I don't have any of the answers, man. <laughs> Self-isolate for the rest of the world, <laughs> world's lifespan. You know what's kind of scary hmm. when you think about it? The world is going to end. Mm-hmm. Um, our species will, I think, sadly get off this earth and go colonize other areas. Yeah, I hate sure. it, man. Those The universe antibiotics haven't kicked in to get rid of uh-huh. us soon enough. They're like the world's worst virus. But it is also kind of crazy knowing that eventually everything that's here is going to be gone. Hmm. Let's go drink. There's there's <laughs> always that 
that blackness, that that nothingness is always go. It's always in- inevitable. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether the sun does the red giant or implode, who knows? But we won't all be here. There's so much to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, so much fun in games. Woo-hoo! I'm so glad that we were born in this time period and not another. Yeah. Like, could you imagine if we were born 5,000 years later than now? No. I don't even want to know what that's going to look like. It's probably going to be awesome, but also then they're going to be the ones. I don't know what the lifespan of the sun is. I don't know either. <laughs> I'm not a scientist. But to be in that era and living on the earth and be like, everyone's fucked. The sun is going to go out. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like... Damn, I was wish I was born 500 years earlier. Well, we show You know what? Those people that had the coronavirus, they had it good. They would, 5,000 years from now, they're not even going to know about that. No, probably not. I don't uh, know. I mean, do, well, oh, <laughs> you got to go to the bathroom. I've needed to pee for like 40 you, minutes. Are, she, I'm doing my potty dance. She is like potty dancing in the chair. And I'm just going to keep talking about some more I hate when you do that. I'm just going to go. <laughs> I'm going to hang up. Oh, well, this has been Marcus, and this is the end of this episode, so stay creepy, friends, and don't get caught with some crazy lover out there that's going to murder you, really. You, you, you need to do background checks on your boyfriends. Probably. And girlfriends. Yep. And, and probably polygraphs. Yep. <laughs> I've been watching that show, You. Can't trust no one. <laughs> Except yourself. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye.